Hello, everyone. I'm not gonna hate Gen this time, um, because he is, uh... It's just gonna be me talking to y'all. So, I'm sure all of you have heard all over the news about the, uh... The big riots that are happening in Minneapolis right now and protests. Well, all I want to say to you guys today, I'm not gonna get deep into it, I'm not gonna talk the implications about it besides fuck police brutality, but that's kind of obvious. I just want to do a cordial ask, um, if people have the extra money during this tough time to donate to the Minneapolis Freedom Fund. I'm going to put the link to it in the description of this episode. I'll be making a donation myself tomorrow to help the uh, nonviolent protesters who have been jailed since this has started. It's, it's been kind of a wild time, and there's a lot of pe a lot of innocent people in jail right now in, Mini in Minneapolis who don't deserve to be, and they deserve to have a legal defense for expressing their rights. So all I'm going to tell you guys, uh, please donate if you can. Uh, the link will be in the description, and that's it for the serious stuff. But now into funny memes. Welcome to the Gan and Jump Show. Let's get. Hi, hey, hello, fuck the police oh, and such. Job! Hey, that cut out. Can you say that again? I'm Job! Nah, I can't hear you, dude. You gotta, gotta say it again. I'm Job! He's gonna keep cutting out in Discord. Nah, you wanna say that again? <laughs> I'm good! <laughs> <laughs> About. I just wanted to see how many times I could get you to say it. I mean, I'll just I was, fucking pass out from exhaustion. Yeah, from just <laughs> yelling. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about Friday the 13th, part 5. The fifth one. We, we are going to talk about that. It's, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's it, a movie, I think, that uh, we watched. I think. Is it, like, um, easily the worst one? Uh, I don't know about easily. I, I think the worst one. I think it's better than one still. Really? I think it's more interesting. Um, I really? don't think it succeeds. I, yeah, I don't think it succeeds at every single thing it tries to do. It um, succeed at most at things it tries to do. Like, but um, I still think it has enough funny, weird shit going on that I kind of dig, and I like some of the ideas they tried to do. Now, clearly. Um, I'm not saying that this is a good movie. I'm not going to argue that this, it's a good movie, but I still think I had more fun watching it than part one. Okay. But we could talk about that later. Um, it is a humongous piece of shit. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Facts. <laughs> That's facts, baby. Uh, all right. So um, what do we talk about before that? Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, I got I got eight game I started playing. Other than that, I've been playing the same shit, but. All right. I started playing uh, old-ass game time. That's right, I'm Genhart, finally talking about an old-ass game. It's like it's not that old. I, I started playing Prey. Oh, no, that's not that old. That's current gen. It's like two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. So how's Prey? Prey looks cool from what I've seen. Okay, I actually I enjoy the game quite a bit. It, uh, it, it fills like a gaping hole in the games that I like that don't normally get filled at all. By the likes of like Half Life, System Shock, Bioshock, etc. Yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, it's very, it's very much one of those. Like they, they, they it's so ham fisted that they even give you your first weapon as a wrench. Like they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what kind of game they're making. Um, the game's gorgeous. Even even for something that came out like three years ago at this point, 
God damn, is it still one of the better looking games I've played, period. It looks really good. Um, it's really cerebral, which is, uh, which is I've watched kind of the fun. opening of that game, and it's fucking wild. The way that that game starts yeah. is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, stuff, like, continues to unfold. Cool. And you're like... It's like there's this whole thing where like you're I mean this this happens right at the beginning of the game, so this isn't really spoilers. Um like your memory gets wiped and you're going through these experiments and so that's why you have no idea what's happening. Okay. And then like you're finding like these like videos in like this AI that was programmed by yourself who's like starting to catch you up to speed by like finding these tapes and stuff. And then as that unwinds, it's fucking nuts. The, sh- the shit that's happening at this, at this like, big fucking base. Cool. Um, it my, certainly looks really neat. Yeah, there's some cool weapons, too. Like, right off the bat, your first, like, actual gun isn't even a pistol. It's just, like, goo gun. Shoot, like, this goo freezing... Goo gun. Yeah, you shoot, like, this freezing goo. You, like, shooting goo all over the place. Yeah, dude, it's wild. And you, like, freeze enemies. <laughs> it's super fun to freeze enemies. One of those, like, little little black dust jumpy guys will jump at you, and you hit him with the goo, and it just falls. It's really funny. I love that shit. Then you can just walk up to your wrench and shatter it. Nice. That stuff's Shatter really the goo. Um, my only complaint so far is mm-hmm. uh, enemy variety is really poor. There are, I've, I've, I've seen, I'm, I'm like about 12 or 13 hours into the game, or 10, probably closer to 10. Uh, okay. And I've seen two types of enemies, and that's it. Well, that's kind of, you know, the whole gimmick sounds like a, like a bit of a Resident Evil 7 problem. Right. It's, your enemies are the goop boys, and that's... Kind of how I yeah. felt about Prey really from what similar. I saw of it. Yeah, yeah. enemies are the Google. Different kinds of them, but the main ones you fight are the little ones that uh, crawl around. And their whole gimmick is they could just transform into any object. Yeah. That's funny. You'll see one, it'll like scurry, like scurry around the corner, and you didn't see where it went. And then, like, you'll be walking around, and all of a sudden, like, it, it, it transformed itself into a chair that it, like, deforms and jumps at you. Hmm. That's fun. Here's shit yeah. out of you sometimes. Especially when, like, the AI gets... The AI can get really good at hiding itself. So it doesn't look like it's something yeah. that's too out of place. And it gotcha. scares the fuck out of you. Good shit. The combat feels okay. Uh, about as good as it does in, like, in a Bioshock game. Where it's, like, not the best, but it works. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel about Bioshock. <laughs> I've never beat it. Um, Combat is not the strongest suit of any of those games. Bioshock, System yeah. Shock, Half-Life, none of them. Is it weird that I've never beat Bioshock? Like, I don't know why I never did. Like, I got, like, probably, like, five hours into it, and I got to a part with, like, invisible enemies, and I was kind of just, like, mad. Yeah. Because invisible enemies in games piss me off so much. I hate it ass. as a concept. I hate it as a concept, because, like... You have me playing this first-person game, and I can't even see what I'm shooting. <laughs> like, no. The only game I've ever been comfortable fighting invisible enemies in is Halo, because it has a really okay. good tell. The uh, 
when like it would have to be a tell. Yeah. yeah, like well the 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 space gets really distorted when a cloaked person's like there. So like it's like, it's like a predator. Right. It's exactly like a predator. It's probably where mm-hmm. they got the idea from. And well, certainly. And like you can tell. And like that so I never really had much of a problem with that. But you just, you can still but it's a nice medium because you can still be fooled by it if you're not looking for it, you know? Yeah. I don't know, pretty, pretty decent game so far. I'm enjoying it. I've got this whole backlog of PS4 games I'm going to go through, so probably going to be talking a lot about those going forward hey, here while we're waiting for some of these new releases. Yeah. We've really got two more games coming up <laughs> that we don't know. I'm yep. basically just killing time until Tony Hawk comes out, and I've been playing a lot of backlog stuff, um, just a lot of stuff that I bought or had on PS Plus from years back that i'm kind of trying to go through dude i got this big ass um, stack of ps4 games for christmas and i forgot yeah well the, you know the one good thing about corona at times is everybody bored and they're kind of going through their backlog so like ordinarily i would have probably forgot about a lot of the games i've been playing uh because you know the trap of the digital era of gaming is like, oh, look, there's a sale. I'll buy some new games. And then you forget about the other 90 games you have and that you never play. Uh, and they just sit in your digital shelf and you never touch them. Um, so the one good thing about the times we are in is getting to look back and see what you missed out on. Cause you know, God knows you have the time now. Oh yeah, Definitely. <laughs> Never had this much spare time. These last what other days. games you got on deck, dude? Um, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think here. I don't think I really played anything else. Just been playing once again more Madden. Oh, more I, I meant out of out of the games. Oh, oh yeah, the that games you I'll have. Talk, yeah. So I guess yeah. Yeah. The preview games we'll be talking about going forward. So the first one I'm going through obviously is Prey. Um, after that, I'm kind of on the fence right now because I have I have two RPGs and two shooters, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna interlace them within each other. So next, I'm either going Good to call. play uh, Tales of Berseria or Nino Kuni Two. Okay. I haven't decided yet. I think it might be Tales. I think I'm gonna do Tales because it's a bit shorter than Nino Kuni Two. Okay. And then after that will be Rage Two. I forgot that Rage Two existed. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> Apparently, it's okay. I don't, we'll see how much I like it. I might end up not finishing that game. Sounds like the first Rage. Uh, I actually beat the first Rage. I mean, I forgot the first Rage existed until there was a Rage 2, and now I forgot about Rage 2. So when they right. make a Rage 3, if they make a Rage 3, I'll forget about the other ones until then. <laughs> Rage 2 didn't do too great. I'm sure they won't. Eh, who knows? Maybe like 10 years from now. When I heard about like, Rage hey. 2, it's a pretty like just bland open-world shooter means I'm going to hate it. Far Cry tier? Yeah. Which means New, going newer to... Far Cry tier. Right, which means I'm going to fucking hate it. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Nothing, nothing, uh... Yeah. Nothing against Far Cry. I'm just like... Do I want to play those? Every time I play a Far Cry game, I get really excited about it for like five days. And then it's like... The gameplay loop stutters out a bit. Right. Because those yeah. games are... Those games are really good at making like great first impressions we're like they are that's what i remember from three 
back in the day and uh and even four but um i i really haven't found myself enthused enough to like buy them um if i do i'll start with three like that's my thing like i'll just start with three when i do and then like just disappoint myself like everybody else as i go through the other ones but that's like I'd say three. Not even close to a current plan. Like, yeah. you know, I think I'd rather go through the Assassin's Creed games first than the Far Cry games. And that's not that's not a compliment. Those are worse than open <laughs> world shit, dude. Depending. But you I, like that. I like open world games. It's just it really depends on how you actually this will segue into the game I want to talk about. It really depends on how you present your open world to the player and how easy is for the player to find the stuff that you peppered throughout it um and whether it's any fun to do because as reggie said if the game's not fun why bother yep <laughs> overlord reggie so our guy i'm gonna compare i'm gonna compare two games here they're both lego games oh god one of them is one of them is trash and i platted it <laughs> Of course, it's because my because my life is terrible, and and then the other one is good, great, actually fantastic. I will plat it as well. I don't care. Um, so the first one was a free game. That's a double edged sword right there because you're like, hey, the game's free, but maybe there's a reason it's free, and that was the Lego Ninjago movie video game. And I was like, hey, it's a Lego game. I like Lego games. I really do. Um, I think I think the reason I like them is much like a Lego set itself. Um, they're a good thing to just turn your brain off. Like, you know, and the instructions are laid out there for you, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you just read the instructions of how to build a Lego, and it tells you every step of the process. And by the end of it, you have a thing, and it's nice, and it looks good. Um, and I view the video games much the same way. They're not difficult. Getting through them is pretty easy. They're pretty chill, but they're still pretty decently fun. And I feel like the unlock curve is a lot of fun in them. I like unlocking things like, you know, you get double money and you get more characters and all the little cool little Easter eggs. And I also like when they're about a property that I recognize and already like so that you could see all the little like you know here's a lego version of this scene from the lord of the rings and now it is hilarious you know i love those moments so i don't really have that connection with ninjago because it's a lego property and I, i never saw the movie um it's in the same style as lego movie and lego batman which we watched on the show and it has some of the same sense of humor but like the game you can really tell that like this was a forgotten one. Like they just shit this one out so they could get on to their next one. Like they just felt like they had to make this tie-in game. Um, unlike all the other Lego games, like the ones that I like, like Star Wars and Lego Lord of the Rings and like uh Jurassic World was a good one. Yeah. Those all have like levels that you go through. And each level you go through in a story mode and then you go back to it later with characters you unlocked that can do different things and unlock all 10 of the items in each level that like uh, mini kits, they like build like a little cool little thing for you. And you unlock all 10 
and you get all those. You get all the collectibles in the little open world that connects all the little levels, and boom, you're done with the game. It's a fun game, play loop, it's fine. The Ninjago game changes it, and instead of there being levels in an open world that connects all of them, there's just eight open worlds that serve as the levels in the open worlds. And it's not good. It's really not good. <laughs> um, the most frustrating aspect of it was you, you beat the story and it doesn't really feel fulfilling to beat because you're not doing these like little levels and there wasn't a whole lot of fun aspects to the game at all. There wasn't fun boss fights. There wasn't really uh, a lot of fun puzzles. No, not, not that I would say anything in a Lego game is hard as far as a puzzle goes, but there's fun little things to do. None of that really was there in Ninjago at all. Um, and no, none of the charm that I have with the other Lego games with their settings was there because I didn't care about this property. And it seemed to take for granted that you would be aware of what the property is beforehand. And that led to some frustration later. Like, for example, um, let's say you're playing like a Lego Batman game and you come across a thing that Gorilla Grodd has to interact with. Okay. Uh, if you're a nerd like me, you know who Gorilla Grodd is. Yeah. But let's say you don't know. The game tells you, hey, characters like Gorilla Grodd can do this with these things. That's helpful. That's helpful to people that aren't, that don't have like a labyrinthine memory of the property. The Ninjago game doesn't do that. There was multiple times where I was like, okay, so this thing I clearly need to throw an explosive at. Or this thing, I need to be at, like fast so I can beat this race. And I don't know who the fast character is. I don't know who the explosives character is. I've unlocked a lot of characters, but I have no idea. I can't tell. Uh, so I had to look it up. Because the game doesn't tell you. And uh, that's the worst. <laughs> it's like, why would the game not just actually tell you what characters can do what? That's annoying. because you, you, you unlock so many of them after the game is done, by the way. And like for the majority of it, you're playing is just these ninja characters that all kind of do the same fucking thing. And it doesn't help you learn how any of the other mechanics work that you have to do, use to do all the other collectibles after you're done. Now, to top all that off, the open worlds have all the stuff peppered around them. And you can turn on little trackers that have arrows that point to where the stuff is. But the problem with that is that doesn't really help you get to the area where they're at. Like, you, I can see an arrow pointing, like, let's say northish, and head that way. And then I get to the arrow and it's pointing in the sky somewhere and I can't reach it. And I'm like, I see that, like, I have to, like, jump on a building in the distance somehow. So I have to find a way to get up to that building. And it's, like, way back and find a way to get up there. And it's, like, this big long process that takes place way far away from the actual arrow. And the problem with that is that they did this better in previous games. The Lord of the Rings one on the PS3, if you clicked on like a little, like, like you're trying to go get a golden brick, let's say, one of the big collectibles in these games. Right. Uh, you click on it on the map, and then it gives you a little trail to follow that leads you right to the location of it. And then maybe you got to do a little thing once you're there, but it leads you right to it. Nothing like that in this game. Oh, you God. just got to figure it out, asshole. And um, most of the time, 
I ran into three or four that I was missing and I had to look it up and it was hard to look them up because like, you know, any given level could have like 20 gold bricks and I'm missing one. So I got to look at a video that shows you how to get all 20 and just, just, you know, click at random spots in the video and try to find the one that I'm missing and then figure out how to get it. And that's not fun. And also these games, their target audience is kids. I don't see kids willing to put up with that and do that. I really don't. Um, that's not how these games are supposed to be. Like, clearly they're supposed to be chill and easy to understand what's going on and easy to accomplish everything. That's why they're for kids or for Genharts who don't want, like, a, a difficult game at this t- trying time. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Like, I don't, they're chill. Like I, I, I'm in certain different moods sometimes when I play games, like, yeah, sure. Maybe I'll play something like Tekken seven and like have a really hard time in some multiplayer matches, but maybe I don't want to do that. I just want to like turn my brain off and have a little bit of fun, play a video game, a Lego game. Good for that. Yeah. But not that one. That one sucks. That sounds That's the worst Lego game I've ever played. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible except, time, except for maybe some PS one ones like the Lego Island game. But like, that one was really bad. Um, now, but then I started playing Lego Marvel superheroes, which is like one of the best ones I've ever played. That one's really um, fun. That's one of the only Lego J- games I've like fully enjoyed. I played it yeah. back when it came out uh, back when it first came out. I think I was still working at GameStop at the time. And uh, it's older. I think it was out when the first Avengers movie was coming out like around then. You yeah, can tell because there's a lot of references to it. I, I rented it on the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah, it's super anything. old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a great time playing it, actually. I was really surprised. I normally don't it's, like Lego games. It's a lot of fun, especially if you're a Marvel fan, because every little character has their own little quirk and plays like you'd think, um, you know. It's really cool. Everybody got like, like, you know, Mr. Fantastic can turn into shit. The Hulk can transform back and forth between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And it's a lot of fun to play as him. Spider-Man's a lot of fun to play as. They really thought it through and did a lot of fan service in terms of how that game plays. And it's also easy to understand what abilities do what. And also it's the actual standard format with levels. (laughs) Like, thank you. I would prefer that. Thank you. Uh, I'm having a lot more fun with that one. So that's all I really wanted to say. That's all I've really been playing. I'm uh, looking at a couple games here that I'm uh, thinking of doing up. Uh, I bought forever ago The Order 1886. And I don't know when else I'm ever going to have the time to play this fucking game that everybody's forgot about. But I'm gonna. Because, like... Now's the time because it's what what other time is there except a fucking plague <laughs> to play this forgotten title like I, I don't even know. I feel like it came out and then everyone forgot it existed immediately. Did you ever play the order? Uh, yes, I actually played and beat it when it first came out. Um, is it super short? Yeah, I, I beat it. All right. So more GameStop context here because I rented it when the when you know the game first came out like the it's also old yeah the twenty the end of twenty fourteen I think mm-hmm. um yeah so when you rent a game from GameStop you only get it for two nights you have to return it on the, the third day after you I see okay um, and you know family it, it, video tier right and they they advise you get to do it for free it's a perk of the job and they advise you to do that so you would 
like know how games are. So if people ask questions, you can answer. Yeah, you them. can recommend, you know, games to people right. based on your recommendations. Sure. Right. So uh it was super short. I cleared it in two nights. And that would be like I get off work from GameStop at nine play it till about midnight and then go to bed. So it took me a little under six hours to finish it. That's pretty short. Really short game. And that's all it has to offer. It's not like a, it's not like an open world game or anything like that. It has like, I think a couple collectibles, but nothing too crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's really straightforward. So I'm sure that was incredibly disappointing when the game first came out and it was $60. Right. Uh, now, I don't know how much I spent on it, but it was less than 5 well, then, yeah, so like I'm not I'm not too worried about that, that game's not bad. Most of the most of the complaints about that game are how short it are is. because of how short it is. Yeah, sure. OK, it's probably similar to the Ghostbusters I played a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's fairly it's just like it's OK. But why was it just like four hours long? <laughs> You know, it's fairly bland. It's a fairly bland shooter. The appeal of the order is it's it's its world, which is okay. very fun. Right. Um. And there's a couple really cool set pieces in the game. But other than that, it's a pretty yeah. straightforward, pretty bland third-person shooter that you can clear in a few hours. You know, I've been kind of wanting to play a couple third-person games. I got that. I got the original Tomb Raider I'm uh, thinking to take a look at. That's a Not good the original video game. Tomb Raider. The yeah. original remake Tomb Raider, sorry. Yeah, yeah that's a good the video reboot. game. That's a really yeah. good video game. You should play that. And, uh, and then I got a point and click that I'm going to take a look at pretty soon called Sherlock Holmes, the devil's daughter. That was, uh, marked down from $50 to $2. I don't know how long it is, but I'm hoping it's longer than like something like a telltale game because it's $50. It's I haven't heard anything about it and I'm a big point and click guy. So if that's any kind of sign for you, I've heard about this series. I mean, obviously Sherlock Holmes is somebody everybody's heard about, but I mean this specifically this point and click series, uh, but mainly because I, I know some people like some of the older ones. It was mainly a series on PC. Yeah. Um, before the, I think this is the only one that's on console. Um, but it's the one where there was one of them where like Watson, your was an AI partner and he would follow you around and like he would warp to your location so he would just like always be near you. And it was weird because, like, Watson would just appear out of nowhere like a ghost and talk to you. <laughs> and people made fun of it when it happened. Um, that's all I know about it. Um, I mean, whatever. If it's average, it's average. I right. can safely say that I only spent two bucks on it and I'll beat it. Like, fuck it. Hell yeah. So that's a couple that's a couple of the things I'm looking at. Oh, I also I platted Tekken 7, which is a fun game to plat. It doesn't ask a whole lot of you for a fighting game. That's good. Which is surprising. Uh, I only had to win. I had to win one ranked match and one match in a tournament and one player match. And that was it. Um, and I would still play Tekken 7. Like, you know, there's a lot of games. And I know I have this reputation for a reason where, like, you know, I plat it and then I delete it. And I never played it again. <laughs> but uh, I, I think Tekken 7 is definitely one I'm going to keep sticking around and keep coming so, back to. Because Tekken's me, fun. Let me branch off of that. And I have a proposition for you again, Hart. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting into Tekken Seven, right? Yeah. Once Corona is over, mm -hmm. we can go out to stuff again. Do you want to go to a Tekken tournament with me? I mean, yeah, maybe. I just got to learn how to play it better because I'm still doing auto combos and shit, and I'm still having fun. But like, I know that that's not preferred. 
to be good. Yeah, well, they'll be off if you play in a tournament setting. So they were on online, which is weird. Yeah, they'll be um, on. They're on online. Yeah, but they uh, most tournaments just turn them off because like the, there's also it like complicates some other kind of combos that the players well, like to do. It seems like it removes some things that you're able to do. Right. Um, because now like like certain chains might not work like if you're hitting square 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 to do an auto combo there might be a combo that a character has that's like square square triangle right. but as soon as you're in the auto combo square square doesn't lead into anything else right so because now everything is mapped to different like things and you know when you're trying to learn the game and just how tekken works in general i feel like that's fine but i do have to turn those motherfuckers off and start actually playing the game yeah. and now that i've flatted it and actually like you know got a little bit of the taste of how this game plays which that's all you get from platting it by the way you, <laughs> you're not even close like platting it is just like step one i would say <laughs> um now that i got a taste of how this game works i want to dive in try some shit sure like I like fighting games, but I've always been like I've always appreciated them from a distance. I've never really like jumped in because yeah. we run- my, my patience is never the best. But I'll try. We run Tekken the same night we run Smash, so uh, you could come out with us too. Once once everything's back together, Westside Bowl, which is the place we go to, reopens. Uh, mm-hmm. I will be more than happy to take you out there and just do a match. It's a really chill environment. The people who play are really nice. They're really hype, which makes stuff fun. Um, okay, and yeah, I think you. I think you'll have a really good time. You just, I don't. This is like a small local tournament. Don't walk in there with the mentality that you need to win or anything like that. Hang out, learn a few things, uh, meet some awesome people, and I think you'll have a really good time. Okay, I think I would be into that. Now that depends on if we don't all die from the coronavirus. Correct. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. All right, is there any, any other games you got, or are you ready to dive into this shit? No, nah, I think I'm good. All right, it's time. We got Friday Me Up, Genhart. What, what's, the, what's the backstory behind Part 5, A New Begin? <laughs> Friday the 13th, the final chapter, Part 2, another final chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, all right. This this movie here, Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what the official title is for this movie because a lot of listings listed as Friday the 13th, colon, A New Beginning, and there's no Part 5. But then a lot of listings listed with Part 5. Yeah. I don't actually know if the official title is one way or the other. I guess it doesn't really fucking matter, but like... Nope. I, d- I didn't have that problem last time. Like, there is no Friday the 13th Part 4. There's only Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Like, that's what it's called. Um, it's just weird. Um, but anyway, it was released in March of 1985, uh, just one year after the series uh, ended. <laughs> <laughs> with Part 4, the final chapter. Uh, so even with Jason dead and the series ending, as uh, Paramount had uh, planned, the fifth film was put into production fast due to the success of Part 4. Uh, I think they were all like, yeah, Slasher films are on the way out. Let's uh, just kill Jason and end the series. And then it did really well, so they were like, maybe we were wrong about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, you know, it looks like Frank Mancuso Jr. had uh, no complaints about his respect when uh, the money started rolling in, huh? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Because, you know, he was all like, yeah, I don't get no respect. Let's kill Jason. 
as a producer. Whatever, dude. So another Friday film. Another set of writers and directors. Yeah. Nobody, nobody sticks around except Steve Miner did two movies, but n- nobody besides him, I'm pretty sure, has actually came back and directed or wrote another. Um, well, this one actually kind of has a returning face, which I'll get into in a second. So the screenplay is written by David Cohen, not the Futurama one, uh, <laughs> and director Danny Steinman. And it's also credited to Martin Kitrosser. Now, you may recognize Martin as the writer behind part three. And this is because Cohen and Steinman wrote the script based on a potential script Kitrosser wrote for part three. The one about Ginny from part two, going to a mental institution, halfway house kind of situation, and then Jason shows up. So, hey, we're recycling ideas, which is a Friday the 13th tradition. (laughs) what a surprise wow so let's talk about our new director here this is danny steinman uh now you may not know this from watching the movie but uh he got his start directing uh porn would never get would never have guessed Wait, wait sorry it took a second for me to process that uh-huh. they, they dead ass hired a porn director huh yeah <laughs> now, now he had uh, he had directed a couple other films and things. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think I think mainly his porn directing was done under pseudonyms. But like, yeah, I think clearly that influences the film quite a bit and gives it this kind of like sleaze that a lot of it just kind of like oozes. Uh, <laughs> like, there's more <laughs> nudity in this one than any other entry in the series. I'm pretty sure, except for maybe like the remake, if I had to guess, because you know. This is a lot of nudity for 1985, is yeah, what I'm saying. It's um, like There's only two sets of tits in this movie, but they are elongated tits. They are on there's the three sets of tits in this movie. Yeah, there's the waitress in the uh, oh, restaurant as well. I forgot about um, that one. So there's three, and then there's a wet t-shirt at the end, which is focused on a bit. Um, it's it's a, I mean, they focus on it a lot, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, Steinman filmed two extremely gratuitous sex scenes for the movie. Uh, the main one, like one of one of them was cut entirely. I don't even know who had sex in that scene. Uh, but the one is still in the movie, but it's cut down significantly. Like, I'm pretty sure his original cut of that sex scene was like three minutes long. Uh, like he actually showed softcore porn. Jesus. Um, and it was cut. Uh, drastically by the studio, as as you would assume it would it would be. I don't know what he was trying to get away with. Um, so as Steinman himself puts it, he quote shot a fucking porno in the woods there. You wouldn't believe the nudity they cut out. Classy, <laughs> classy individual there. Jesus. So Fr- so Friday Five ended up being uh, this man's final film, and uh, I'm not entirely sure why, but I, I guess it does make sense. <laughs> I, IMDB says he had a bicycle accident uh, that caused him to recover for years and he never got around to directing movie after that um, and now he's passed away but I, I would take that with a grain of salt be, because I can't find any sources on that that little factoid there um, I, I think it's more realistic that he just like you know just kind of quietly retired like he had only had a couple actual movies to his belt and the rest were like porn and like, I don't know, not every director has this big, giant storied career. 
a lot of them just kind of go away because you know whatever he made his money from a friday the 13th movie he's probably didn't even need to necessarily make more what are you gonna do so anyway um i got a lot of little factoids about this movie but we we can get to them as we get to them uh there's a there's a large cast here yes Uh, it's way way too big um, and there's a reason for that that I'll get to later. But, uh, like, I guess just go ahead and start recounting uh, the events of this fucking movie. Okay, so we immediately start off with a slight change of pace in this one, where we don't have recounting of events in the previous movie at the start of it. I think, this, you know, is, I think this is, weirdly enough, like the best intro of the series, because all the other ones are fucking clip shows, and they're annoying. Right. That, that you have to, like, recount the movie you just watched, like, for us last week. If you're marathoning all of them, it'd be even more annoying. I, I dig this intro, actually. Yeah, me I too. think it's pretty good. Fine. Um, yes, you got a uh, little Tommy Jarvis. Yeah, Corey Feldman's back for like a minute. Um, so Feldman is currently becoming too famous to be in these fucking Friday the 13th movies. Uh, currently, at the, at the time that they shot this, he was filming The Goonies, which I think is, is just a little bit better than this movie. So, so, <laughs> so, um, you know, his role was cut down to a cameo because Corey wasn't available and also probably didn't want to be in it. Uh, he had better movies to be in. So um, this this you may notice that like every shot of Corey in, in this little opening sequence, like he's isolated from the rest of the cast. Yeah, like it's only a shot of Corey and close up too. And this is because that was all shot in Corey's like Corey Feldman's family's backyard in one day. Uh, they just brought a rain machine in and filmed Corey in his backyard in close up and you, <laughs> and then inserted the re- it into the rest of the stuff that they shot later. <laughs> and it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I still like this opening scene though. I like the idea of it and I like what it means for the story. Yeah. So, Refelds mm-hmm. finds Jason Brave. Yeah. And starts walking up to him but then skirt and hides in the tree. Two dudes, two little hoodlums, about to hoodlum on Jason Voorhees' grave. Got a couple <laughs> shovels, and they're digging Yeah, boy, up. let's dig up Jason. Pass me a bud. Yep. Basically. Fucking got my name is Mud energy going on, digging up this grave. Sure let's go, boys. They show the exact same respect to women as. These aren't even real people. <laughs> <laughs> like i've seen multiple differing kill counts because of what happens in like a second because like these aren't real kills we'll we'll get into it whatever (laughs) there's yeah sure all of them (laughs) so but anyway continue they dig they they eventually buy the jason Mm -hmm. and there there's rooms all that was a cool look it's creepy I, I like Wormy Jason that comes out of here. He's cool looking. Wormy Jason. He's haggard as fuck. Wormy Jason. There's an action figure of this, by the way, which is funny because it's dubbed as the Jason from Part 5. And I'm like, well, you're technically correct. But. <laughs> <Jason in> part 5. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a more 
<laughs> prominent costume that doesn't have an action figure, but oh well. That's not Jason, though. Nah, it's not. Uh, what a spoiler. There's no way to talk about this without talking about that, so we'll probably just talk about it when we talk about it. <laughs> so, so, Jason wakes the fuck up, and I guess they just buried him with his machete, and he just stabs these boys. <laughs> they buried him with a machete and a screwdriver because he kills one guy with a screwdriver that's just sitting there. <laughs> Was he buried with it? Why does he have a screwdriver? I don't know. <laughs> so he kills both of those guys and then he notices Tommy Jarvis and he starts freaking yeah. out. Waddles over to Corey Feldman there. Goes to, goes to kill him, but then he wakes up. No, um... He's very adult. Tommy this is Jarvis. John Shepard as adult Tommy Jarvis, who grew up real fucking fast, I guess. But just just to clarify, uh, Friday the 13th Part 5 takes place in the year 1989. Uh, which, like, so that means, like, Tommy was supposed to be around 12 or 13 in the last film, which took place in 1984, the actual year it came out one of the only films that actually do that. Uh, uh, two and three to place in 84 as well. They kind of like, yeah. So I guess he would be like 17 or 18 here, but I don't know how necessarily much I he, buy that, he like he's but he's to supposed be to be. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, movie stuff, clearly a middle-aged, like this is clearly a, <laughs> 30s, 30s yeah. 30s. I remember how, this, I don't know how old he was. This is John Shepard as Tommy Jarvis. Um, so he, um, like most of the cast of this movie, uh, was actually uh, not aware he was signing up for a Friday the 13th sequel. That's right. They didn't tell anybody. Now, they often don't do that during casting, but there were reports of some actors who actually didn't know that they were in a Friday the 13th movie until they were on set and they saw a dude walking around with a hockey mask and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> so, like, uh, the film was cast under the fake title of Repetition, which... It has to be one of the funniest self-aware jokes I've ever seen. That's that's Uh, so Shepard spent several months volunteering at a state mental hospital for the role. And he said he felt, quote, really disappointed when he found out repetition was actually Friday part five. Um, Like, (laughs) I guess he felt like he was like preparing for this, like it was actually a, a very serious film. And he was really let down that it was this schlock. Uh, I don't necessarily blame him. Um, Me neither. And apparently he was maybe going a little too method in this movie. Cause like Tommy's very sullen and very like, it doesn't say a lot. And he's very also quiet. like really standoffish. Um, and I think that actually makes a lot of sense for his character. I actually kind of dig Tommy Jarvis in this movie, yeah. but, but I, I guess like Shepard was actually standoffish as a person. According to some actors during the shoot, I, I guess he was just trying to be too method, man. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, he's he's getting transported to a uh, uh, to um the Pinehurst, yes, yep, which is a map in the game. Whoa! Yeah, I instantly like, <laughs> from the game. Yeah, my first time seeing. Yeah, my first stuff that I saw from this movie was in the game. Which we'll talk about a bit because there's some funny little tidbits. Yeah, yeah. So he's getting pulled up. 
Comfrey. Yeah. There's a lot of people here. Um, a lot of patience, if you will. I guess it's kind of like implied that most of them are orphans, kids that are staying here. Um, it's kind of a bleak location for a slasher film because, like, I genuinely feel a lot of sympathy for a lot of these kids that die because they genuinely seem to be very innocent. Like, some of them are assholes, but, like, it's got a different vibe when some of these characters die than it does when like something like, like someone from like the other parts die. Cause most of them were just like presented as unlikable and dumb. And I'm not saying that any of these characters are like great characters with great characterization or anything, but there's a lot of them that I was like, Oh, that kind of sucked. That's kind of sad. Cause like they didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> that girl's just dancing. Why'd you do it, Jason? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. This is a weird one. This one stands out amongst all the other movies. Uh, and, and maybe not in a good way. But, um... Who, who's all here? Well, we got, uh... The, the, the leader of this little, little place is... Uh, this is Richard Young as Dr. Matthew Letter, the head of Pinehurst. Um... Now, he is interesting. He was most famous for playing the mysterious man who gives Indiana Jones his iconic fedora in the opening of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That was this dude. Oh, weird. Um, <laughs> so also, he has an assistant named Pam. This is Melanie Kinneman as Pam. Uh, she's our final girl. Spoiler. And uh, although there's a lot of characters that live, uh, she's the... Uh, so, <laughs> for some reason, she claims her favorite scenes in this movie were uh, late in the film when she was wearing a wet T-shirt. Uh, she she felt she didn't look good in the film until they turned the sprinklers on. And I'm like, okay. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she says she did not get along with the director. She claimed he was hostile and unapproachable. Uh, oh. th- this, Steinem- this Steinman sounds like a real class act, I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> winner who else is here do we even introduce the kids I, I guess we could just talk about them like later like in their death scenes for instance I guess just the, the main characters you need to know for now just the people in charge well, I guess he meets like Reggie it is me Reggie um, so what this place is it is like a like you know like mental health home yeah. but it's not like a mental hospital Kids are allowed to roam free. Yeah, and I guess like leave area. the property and shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they can, they can like, yeah, I guess they can even leave the property if they want to. I guess this is for, it's, it's a rehabilitation place rather than like a normal mental health clinic. Yeah. To get these people like comfortable with and back into. No, I get it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, actually. Like, there's a lot of aspects of this movie that, despite how bad it is, I'm like kind of like that's kind of cool. And interesting. I I dig this as a locale for the movie, and I actually liked a lot of the plot elements. I like how Tommy Jarvis is portrayed. He's very damaged from his encounter with Jason, as you would be. I like how they portray that. I like how he he his character arc in this movie isn't just overcoming his trauma at all. Uh, far from it, really. Um, 
I like how kind of gritty and different that is. But as we're going to get into very soon, this movie has a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Namely with the acting. You know, that's always been present. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that that's a problem necessarily. I, I it's it's funny. It's never been in this movie. <sighs> there is a lot of bad acting, but a lot of it is funny and elevates it <laughs> to, to be funny. Yeah. But that kind of like leads into tonal whiplash because, yeah, a lot of this movie seems to be wanting to be taken seriously or at least more serious than the other ones. And then it will cut to a scene that is the most farcical shit that this series has ever seen. Right. Um, and it's just complete tonal whiplash between the two. The whole movie. <laughs> Very much so. So, yeah. Uh, ah, spider. Rubber spider. But rubber spider. This is Shivar Ross as Reggie the Reckless, uh, the true hero of the film. Yes. <laughs> Although his dialogue is clearly written by not black people and rather old white people right. who think they know what black people sound like. <laughs> but, um, hey, what are you going to do? Um, now, you may recognize him from recurring roles on different strokes and family matters. I don't, but you might. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I liked his character enough. Um, I always like when there's a likable, smart-ass kid in a movie. Especially in a horror movie. It's a good change of pace, because like, so many of the victims are going to be these fucking like, teenagers. Off fucking, you know. And there was a young kid in the Halloween, uh, the new one, that I liked a lot. He was one of my favorite characters in that movie. Executed and acted way better than this one. But hey... <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a fun little scene. Scares him with the rubber spider. Masks. He still has all his professionally made masks that he made with twigs in the woods. Yeah, sure. Somehow, yeah. Then, they, but they get their little conversation gets interrupted. Hmm. Um. Get introduced <laughs> to the police chief in this. Yeah, um, I got him here somewhere. Yeah, Marco St. John is Sheriff Cal Tucker, <laughs> which is a funny name. Um, who at first appears to be a more effective cop than we usually get in this series. But I would like to point out that he still fails to prevent nearly two dozen murders. So maybe not. Maybe I was wrong with that assumption. Yeah, just, a, just another cop. <laughs> <laughs> just another useless cop. But anyway. <laughs> I think I'm yeah. dropping off uh, two of the kids. They were mm-hmm. off yucking. They were off fucking. I'll talk about their actress later. Yeah. So, when it's uh, when more fucking happens. Right. <laughs> and they're, they start talking about uh, how the neighbors don't like how they're here. Shit about it. Yeah, uh, we get introduced to two other characters already. Uh, we're in the middle of getting introduced to a million characters in this movie. So the neighbor hates this fucking place. This is Carol Locatell as Ethel. 
uh, a, a truly crazy bitch. One of the most outlandish characters in this entire franchise, yeah. if I had to guess. Uh, and her son, who is equally insane. This is Ron Sloan as uh, Junior. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with these characters. They're completely um, extraneous from the plot. They have no purpose. <laughs> but um, yeah, they have- I, I think a lot of a lot of the characters are maybe like there to make you think that the killer is one of them. Maybe, maybe, uh, at least some of them. Like, I I could tell you that by the end of this movie, I was like, who the fuck could Jason possibly be? And I was disappointed by the answer. Very much so, yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the scenes with these two are fucking out there and outlandish. It's like a fucking Tim and Eric sketch. I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, it's that. Um, Especially later when when, uh, Junior's riding that motorcycle in a very tight circle. Uh, for <laughs> and just yelling and yelling and yelling. It was it was even shot like a Tim and Eric's catch. It was fucking wild. But anyway, so this is um, the, their entire bit with them is like a is like a point of comedy because they're like yeah they're talking about how they they hate how the loony bins here and then they're mm-hmm. like they're the crazy and then they're they're the, the craziest movie. people here. Yeah, right. sure. Yeah, so they they were they were shooting for a bit of bit of bit of irony there. Right, and then they, they, but they have nothing to do with the movie besides that. No, they talk about <laughs> shit and then they just leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess you have like a kind of a sense that like this is a constant headache for the 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 director of Pinehurst here and, and the sheriff, and uh, th- that you kind of get a sense that they're on good terms, I guess. And, yep. And then we just go. You know. yeah, the sheriff asks about Tommy Jarvis, kind of gives you the idea that. That incident is now famous. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know where this necessarily is supposed to take place. For once, we're not actually on Camp Crystal Lake, but we have to be in a surrounding area. Sure, it's a little close. They at least know about Jason Voorhees. And I'm sure that if that really happened, it would be national news. But still, I, I always got the sense that they portrayed it more as a local kind of legend, and that Jason isn't like necessarily really well known as a thing. So I would say this is still in like, at least the state that the other ones take place in at the very least. Yeah. Especially cause Tommy wouldn't be like transferred, like too far away from where he was to begin with. I assume. Yep. And now, uh, here comes the fat phobic scene. Get a, <laughs> Okay, I agree as a fat person. However, I think this scene is hysterical. <laughs> I've seen this scene before I even saw this movie um, because I saw it isolated just without context. And I was just like, what? And I was hoping that the movie would provide a little bit further context for why it doesn't. It doesn't provide any further context. You can watch this isolated from the movie and it kind of just happens that um, so we got Dominic Brasia as Joey, who uh, loves chocolate, buddy. He's eating a Mr. Good bar. He's eating it good. It's smeared on his face and on his hands. And he's just going to town on that. Um, I think this scene's actually a little more phobic 
uh, less of fat people and maybe more of the mentally challenged. Yeah. Uh, because boy, people treat him like an asshole. And it, clearly there's something mentally wrong with the, the kid. Like, I don't, I don't know if you would treat him this harshly necessarily. But hey, <laughs> they do. <laughs> so, so he's, you know, just chatting up a storm and eating this chocolate. He offers to help uh, some of the girls do laundry and he gets chocolate all over the fucking clean laundry. And they're like, get out of here, you asshole. Well, well fine. And then he goes to talk to uh, another guy out here. Vic Faden, played by Mark Venturini. Um, yeah, he's chopping some wood and he's real angry and angsty. And, uh, I, I have to admit, I kind of like the shot where he's chopping the wood and the axe. It's it's in the foreground, him chopping the wood, and Joey's in the background. And Vic Vic's axe lands in front of Joey in the background over and over again. Um, that's a fun little shot, actually, which foreshadows what happened. Um, as Vic is just annoyed by Joey uh, talking to him at all. And kind of just snaps and kills him. Vic just starts hacking him. He tries to give Vic a chocolate bar. Vic just chops it in half with the axe. I mean, yeah. I think you're really out of line. Just run. Vic just walks up and just chops him up with the axe. He just fucking, yeah. So, unrelated to any Voorheeses whatsoever, this dude just goes nuts and kills this dude. That's our first kill. Yeah, our first legitimate one, um, not counting the fantasy ones in Tommy's dream. Yeah. And uh, without knowing it, this scene seems kind of like just nonsense and it, that it doesn't matter to anything towards the beginning of the movie. And it still feels like that towards the end of the movie until you realize something stupid. Um, <laughs> it's not, I might not have realized it. I didn't realize it right away. honestly, I don't know how they would expect you to realize it. Um, What we're talking about here is the identity of Jason in quotation marks in this movie. And it's related to this incident. Uh, We have two paramedics come up and uh, this this scene's really funny. I don't know if they were trying to like, I don't know why this happens, but like all the kids are out there and they're arresting Vic and Joey's corpse is there. And the paramedic dude lifts up the sheet and shows fucking everybody the fucking chopped up remains of this kid. And then just like laughs at it. And he's like, ha a bunch of pussies. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what professional paramedics would just lift up the sheet in front of civilians and just show them the hacked remains of the body? What the fuck? But anyway, uh, one of these paramedics seems pretty troubled by the death of this kid. But um, I only know that because I have finished the movie. Otherwise, it seems like his reaction is actually what you would probably actually react. It's a grisly sight. I don't know why you would look any more into this ambulance driver's uh, reaction. Yeah. But bookmark that and remember it for the end of the movie. Right. After, Derp. after we had dickhead paramedics, we uh, cut to nighttime time here, and we got 
two. Oh, uh, two oh my god! Good old eighties greasers for no reason. Um, fixing up a car. Why? Why are these in? Why are there so many movies in the eighties that have like greaser types in them? When that was like a fifties thing. <laughs> I, I really fail to realize. Like, I wasn't okay. I wasn't alive in the eighties. I'm, 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 you know, not that old. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, did, did it come back for a little bit in the 80s or something? Uh, a little bit, but I don't know if it was enough so that it was like a stereotype to be in every single fucking movie. Like, I don't know. There's stuff like Grease, you know what I mean? It was like things that were like a little popular around the time. Like, like I don't know. Um, so anyway, this is fucking, uh, what are these fucking idiots' names? Um, I'm going to find them in my list once, of never-ending characters. Oh, of course, of course, his name's Vinny. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, I swear to God, I wrote this down. Oh, yeah. OK, it's Corey Parker and Anthony Burrell as. Uh, Vinny. Yep. And I wrote down the wrong thing for the other name, but whatever. Let's just call them both Vinny. I, I'm I am down for that. So Vinny, uh, so Vinny and just Vinny's car Vinnies, breaks down. Yeah, just two Vinny's out having a good time. Right, know? right. So Vinny and Vinny's <laughs> cars break downs, and then Vinny tells Vinny to get out and fix the car. So he's out trying to fix the car, and Vinny's hey, yelling yo, at Vinny, and it's just giving him cowie. fuck you, Vinny, and he's like fuck you, Vinny, and uh, proud just fix the car. He's like just fix the car, Vinny. I gotta go take a crap, and he gets out of the car, goes to take crap, and the guy's like fuck you, Vinny, and he's, then the other guy says fuck you, Vinny. And uh, <laughs> and then Vinny, and then yeah, the Vinny. So Vinny's out to take a crap. Don't ask me which one. It's Vinny, and <laughs> Vinny A, <laughs> Vinny B. And then so Vinny gets scared by a rabbit because he's a pussy. And then <laughs> so then, then Vinny's back. I forgot in, that happened. And Vinny's back over at the car. He's fixing it, and then a flare ignites behind him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then, so Vinny's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? You Vinny? What are you doing, Vinny? This is actually a cool kill that like the one gets like a flare in his mouth. Yeah, so it's 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 our uh, it's our quote Jason uh sticks this lit flare into Vinny's mouth. Mm-hmm. Kills that dude. Sick. Yeah. Vinny's dead. But Vinny's not. Yeah, but, so yeah, he goes so over Vinny, to Vinny. <laughs> so Vinny comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh the car's fixed. Goes and starts it up. Oh, and he sings us a lovely number. Uh, could you tell this was improv? I can't. It, it seems just like it was written on the page. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what he's doing. He's just like, "Yeah, it's starting to come, motherfucker." Like, like, like this ain't start, and I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna kick your ass like that. Mm-hmm. And then, then the car starts. And oh no, he's behind him in the back seat. Oh, uh, kills he kills him. Yeah, man, so I've seen throw. that since fucking Halloween. Anyway, <laughs> what an original at least the flare was an original kill so yeah um i think this is a good time to mention a little fact about this movie danny steinman the director was instructed by paramount to include a scary moment or a death scene every eight minutes of this film. That's why there's so many characters. because That have to explains kill a lot, doesn't it? It explains why a good chunk of the runtime is uh, dedicated to introducing new characters whose only purpose is to die. <laughs> there, and, and a lot of characters from earlier 
and and even stuff like fucking Joey getting hacked to death by not even the killer of the film uh, really suggests to me that they were trying, they were stretching out logic here to try and have it so that they abided by this schedule rigidly. <laughs> and they, I feel like they sure did. You know, I'm not, I'm not one to want to out or anything, but yeah, I would guess that there's a kill every eight minutes. Sounds about right. Or two. There's at least some kind of scene like this. So anyway, uh, Rip Vinny and Rip Vinny, we will miss both of you. You're going to go up to that big pizza pie in the sky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now we're back to Tommy for a little bit. He's, he's having a hard fucking time and he's hearing things. He takes he's, uh, he's, um, hey, you've played uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. He's he's doing that thing where like he had a traumatic moment with like a you know a Sephiroth or a Jason Voorhees if you will, and he's seeing like visions of him in his everyday life, and it's kind of fucking with him a bit. Yeah. Uh, bookmark this parallel. I'm gonna bring it back later. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, it kind of establishes he's he's very much seeing things with Jason, and it is haunting him. Even starts crying yeah. about it. I like these scenes. These yeah. scenes are good. These are acted I really think well. They should have, if they expanded on Tommy and cut out a lot of the stupid shit. This could have actually been a good movie, but no. <laughs> yeah, because it'd be like him so struggling I, with like what's real, and what's not, and like. Yeah. So I think he goes down for for breakfast. Yeah. So now they're and, having breakfast the next morning, yeah. and then a little uh, bit of an argument with some of the kids because uh, girl. Uh, dancing girl with the headphones puts yes. out too many places. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you're not supposed to set a place for a dead person, the stuttering guys. But, uh, whatever. No big deal. Um, so uh, one of the assholes comes out with a mask and spooks Tommy. And Tommy just kind of has like a fucking moment. And he's just like starts wailing on the dude's ass. Yep. And beating his ass. His fucking leg drops him, dude. dude. Kyle drives like, him to a table, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Just like, Hell yeah, baby. Tommy. Fuck yeah, dude. Um and then they kinda like calm Tommy down and he's like Fuck. You know, he's 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 like one step closer to the edge and he's about to break. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh man. <laughs> anyway, uh I don't really know the sequence of events necessarily that we get here. We get a dumb throwaway we, scene with the neighbor. We check in with Ethel again, and she's making stew. Eat my stew. And it's like, it's fucking disgusting. This dude eating this stew, and it's dripping off his fucking stupid mouth. And their place is a fucking sty. Um, a red herring character shows up. This, like, weird dude who's just like, hey, you got any work? I'll do some work. And then Ethel's, Ethel's like, yeah, go clean up the chicken shit. And he's like, well, all right. Uh, so he, I, I feel like they they only set him up to seem like he could be the murderer. Yep, that's it. Um, he's not. Uh, I, I eventually here we get a. Do we have another throwaway scene with throwaway yes. victims, or yep, do we go from we here to so like we have the, a guy uh, and a girl at a bar? Oh hell yeah! This fucking scene. Um. The, 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 Oh, my God. This is. 
Sorry. It's called I'm Coke looking. Man, dude. <sighs> he is. Bob DeSimon as Billy, who loves Coke and oh, loves Coke. yelling for Lana. And this is Rebecca Wood as Lana, who for some reason loves Billy and also loves showing her tits and Shane's saying Showtime. Uh, and she also loves Coke. Um, <laughs> so this is just another throwaway scene. He's he's trying to get pick up his girl after her shift at some diner nearby in the town. And uh, she like gets, you know, scared by a cat, classic cat jump scare. And uh, I remember how he bites it. Does he get his head slammed in the door? Billy, yeah. he's doing coke and being a general idiot and just uh, smacking the fucking steering wheel and like just honking the horn and going like, Lana, Lana, let's go, bitch. And, then, <laughs> and Lana's too busy, you know, perfuming it up. Getting ready to head outside. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how Jason, in quotation marks, uh, actually kills this guy. Uh, let me, I'm, I'm trying to... I think trying it's to with the car it. door. Yeah, yeah, he slams his head into the car door. Okay, and then he kills her when yeah, she the, comes out. He hits her with an axe in the stomach. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it's about around this point that I noticed that uh, this movie's kills compared to the previous entries are very neutered very tame. and tame. Um, they clearly didn't have this, the special effects talent. Well, this wasn't by design. They didn't have the special effects talent, but this wasn't by design. Um, Paramount, around this time, got a little anal about these movies, I think. Um, and they started hacking them to pieces and removing gore. And uh, in, in the case of this one, nudity, a lot of it. <laughs> but um, there's still a couple gory moments in this movie, but you, you could tell that, like, the producer's mandate that there had to be 20 fucking kills in the movie, one every eight minutes, was at odds with the fucking MPAA's system, where yeah. they didn't want that much in the movie. There's like, I don't know, like you're allowed like a couple maybe. So this film was pieces by the MPAA, uh, and they branded it with an X rating until the film was edited nine times. Jesus. And then they finally gave it an R. So they cut out basically every aspect of gore from these scenes. They, they you know, they don't, they don't uh, show you a lot of that stuff. Um, and, and the sex scenes were a big problem. They had to cut out a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, some people uh, have suggested that maybe the reason that Steinman inserted so many sex scenes in the movie was kind of like as an attempt to distract the MPAA and they would cut the sex scenes and focus on those being bad. So they cut that they wouldn't cut the kill scenes, but it didn't work because they cut all of it. Right. Uh, so what are you going to do? I guess um, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of gore. I'll enjoy a good cheesy kill in a movie though. There's some fun ones in this. It's like the flare. I don't hate but, like I I don't like I don't hate gore, but I'm not the biggest fan of it. But what I don't like in horror movies, which is something this movie does a fuck ton, is just mm -hmm. the murderer like a shot of the murderer's hand with the weapon coming down and then it cuts. 
Yeah, That's those the are shit bad. That I fucking hate, and that happens and like six. I also times don't in this like. Movie. I also don't like off-screen kills. Yeah, like there's a couple moments where they just find dead bodies, and it's just like that's kind of boring. Right. I would rather actually see it happen, and hopefully, when we get back to actually Jason and some more stupid shit happening, we get some more fun kills. Right. Later on, I know there's. Well, hey, what are you going to do? Right. Next, we're <laughs> in the police station. Why don't you tell them about what happens in the police station again, Hart and YP? I mean, okay. I'm trying to remember. I, this scene has no reason to exist, but I guess except to explain to the viewer that they do consider the possibility that this is Jason. At least our main cop. He's like, you know, the, the, the mayor is there, and he's like, what the fuck? You got to solve these murders. It's your career on the line, Buster, you piece of shit. And fucking dude is like, I think it's Jason Voorhees killing all these people. And he's not correct. But at the moment, it seems like he could be uh, without knowing the plot of this movie and how it will turn out. Now, we did see Jason die, but as you know, someone watching all these movies, you, you have to realize that uh, Jason doesn't die so you know hey maybe it is jason killing all these people but they do say a line here that suggests and this is retconned immediately in the next one that jason was cremated and jason is ash uh which would be a little hard for him to resurrect from but i guess he wasn't i I, I don't know (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm just I'm mentioning like how the guy says that Jason was cremated. Yeah, which and is... how that that's not true. Yeah, I, I think I think the cop does bring it up so that like that's your out where the cop brings yeah, it up. He's, it like, up. Do he's like, like, do you know? Yeah. Do you know if he got cremated? Did you watch it? Hmm. Like, it's weird that they were doubling down on Jason actually being dead, and clearly they wanted to move on to a different killer, but they still wanted the movies to be like the fucking same. So that kind of presented a problem. And it's pretty obvious in this movie, like them abandoning Jason was a mistake. But what are you going to do? I think they thought that they had like an idea that they could use and nobody liked the idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Cops like, yeah, I'll work on Friday. He doesn't find shit. This movie, I hope he got fired by the mayor at the end of the movie. Does he even prevent any of those fucking murders? Yeah, he certainly throws that ashtray. He's mad, mad that the mayor's like, "Hey, can you do your job?" I mean, I'm, and the mayor's presented as an asshole. I'm just like kind of like making because <laughs> the cop is in effect, <laughs> right? The and dude then, probably has a bit of a reason to piss. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's angry. He's angry. And look at oh man, just look at his expression. He hammed that shit up. It's funny. So I think we go to our first. Uh, it's fuck time. It, oh baby, baby, it's fuck time. The so team two kids are busted before. Like, hey, let's go fuck again. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. They and they the do. Woods. So this is John Robert Dixon as Eddie, and Debbie Sue Voorhees as Tina. That's her actual name. That's fun. Um, and probably helped her get the audition. Now, I assume another thing that helped her get an audition was she had been in Playboy. Probably helped, too. Had the titty. <laughs> had titty. Your job. 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. You you go get them, girl. Uh, so apparently, yeah, this is the graphic sex scene that was originally like fucking way too long, so they cut it. Uh, but still, even though it's shortened, her the majority of this girl's screen time is naked. Yep, it's and titty. it's still pretty graphic for the time. And this actually caused Debbie Sue Voorhees like a lot of stress later in life. Like she would lose teaching jobs due to like people finding out about this shit. I'm like, I don't think it's a big fucking deal. Like, oh, who, cares? who cares? I guess people cared, a lot. people cared a lot more back then, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so Debbie Sue Voorhees wasn't supposed to play Tina. The person who was supposed to play Tina was Darcy DeMoss, who we saw in part four right. during that fucking aerobic slow twerk video. Yeah. Now she was originally casted t- as Tina but then the director fired her because she said she would not appear nude. Oh. Now, that's not the last we'll see of Darcy DeMoss. She will be in part six. I guess the director of that one didn't give a shit and was like, yeah, fine. I'm not going to make you be naked. I'll make someone else be naked. Right. I'm sure that's how six goes. Um, yeah. So this is probably like one of the more iconic scenes in this movie, I guess. Um, it's it's very typical. It's what you think of when you think of Friday the Thirteenth a bit. Yeah, these kids, these kids yuck, and then the, everything's cool until it's not, and then Jason shows up. Yep, he kills uh, the uh, our throwaway character that was introduced <laughs> just a little bit ago. Uh, yes, stabbed in the stomach. He's peeping on him, fucking, and he gets stabbed in the stomach. I think that's supposed to be your red herring, like, oh, he's going to look at him and he's going to pop out and kill him. But no, he gets, gets killed, removing him from the list of suspects. Probably would have been better and, if he just, he just didn't die and he just, like, wandered back off into the woods or something. It would have helped preserve the mystique of uh, maybe that's the killer. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I will say that this movie kept me guessing who the killer was because the only thing I knew was that it wasn't Jason which I guess if you weren't aware of that at the time that would seem like a possibility right. maybe it is Jason just like the cops said it's not but um, I was definitely like on my toes because I, I was like who the fuck is Jason uh, like they, they want you to think it might be Tommy and and maybe it more maybe it's this guy or maybe it's you know something associated with Ethel or you know maybe it's actually Jason who knows but I was running out of people that it could possibly be by the end of the movie when he's fucking dead and I started thinking and I think this is a better twist that it was going to be the lead cop And I thought it was going to be the lead cop because he was killing people so that he could have a crime to solve and pin on somebody else so that he'd keep his job because of that scene where he's talking to the mayor, right? Yeah. It's, that's not the answer. I'm just saying that that's what was going on in my head. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm with <laughs> Kind of like where I was, too, for a bit. It, it's like, it kind of makes more sense than what we got <laughs> Right, exactly. That so that, that I was in the exact same headspace as you. I don't know. Yeah. Man. It was fucking. It's fucking weird. Like, I don't know. They, they did a terrible wanna, job. They did. I, I can't believe. Like, my problem with part one, which is the only other movie besides this one where Jason isn't the killer, um, 
was that the reveal of Pamela being the killer happened when they introduced Pamela. So it wasn't like she was an established character beforehand. And this movie kind of just does that again, but not really because there are scenes with who is Jason throughout this movie, but not enough, not enough that he's an established character for you to go like, Oh, I can't believe it was that guy when the reveal happens, you know? That was a huge mistake. But I do want to say that, like, at least they tried another attempt. Because I do like the idea of a horror movie where you don't know who the killer is and you don't find it out till the end. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, going back to the first one, and when I compared it directly to Sleepaway Camp, that's one of the good aspects of Sleepaway Camp, right. I would say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that movie's still pretty farcical, but... You you could be funny and cheesy and still have a bit of a mystery going on, not know who the character is and have a lot of guests. But the answer's not good. It's a disappointing answer. But anyway, back to fucking, back to sex scene and then murder scene. Right. So, yeah. So then uh, he goes off to, like, piss or something. I forget exactly what he says. <laughs> oh, then, he says he has to go wash up, and I don't really know what he means. Right. So He already came on her. Did you get come on you? What are you doing, dude? You just gonna you just gonna dip your dick in the fucking lake? What are you doing? Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he leaves, and then while he's gone, she she lays back, and then uh, Jason comes up with some with some fucking cutters. He cuts her eyes. It's pretty grisly. I like how they did this kill actually, because she's really like at peace, like looking at nature, and she's like ah. And then she just opens her eyes, and she goes blah. And when we see her body, it's really grisly. Um, one of the only really gris- truly grisly moments in this kind of neutered, butchered film. Yeah, this is followed <laughs> by one of the most hilarious kills of this entire movie. I don't know how this works, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the, so the dude comes back from like washing his dick, I guess, and <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> and he, he sees her laying on her side, and he walks up and starts kissing her, and then flips her over, and then he's, he's like, like "Oh no." Yep, so you and see then, the cut eyes. He leans up against yeah. the tree out of fear, and then the dude fucking wraps a, like leather around his face, and then like keeps like tightening a, it with a branch. It's like a big belt or something like that, and he like wraps it. Yeah, and he's tightening it with a branch. Yeah, I don't know how it works. He's twisting the branch, and he twists he twists it like both clockwise and counterclockwise. I'm not really sure how <laughs> this was gonna kill this guy at all, but. Like, I, it, it, I guess it, it works. It embeds it into his eyes and kills him. <laughs> I like the idea of it. Like, you're just putting so much pressure on the dude's head that he just fucking dies. But I don't know how it would work. I don't think it would. The tree would I probably would... snap before it killed him. Yeah, I think a skull is harder than a tree, maybe. Eh. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the science behind this. Let's get the Mythbusters on it do a special Mythbusters episode on the fucking Friday the 13th part 5. I'm sure they'd be super willing to do that shit. <laughs> Could this kill happen? Ooh. And then it cuts. We're at nighttime again. Uh, Reggie is uh, getting ready to go out. Pam is taking Reggie out to go see his brother. Oh, hell yeah. And then, uh... Dude, he Tom I love his him. brother. <laughs> he's, do- he's one of my favorite characters. Is he in the game? No. No? Okay. No, 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 no. No, this is Miguel A. Nunez Jr. 
as Demon, <laughs> Reggie's older brother, an enchilada enthusiast. Yes. Uh, so, so I've seen a scene. I've, this is one of the things, one of the very small clips I've seen from this movie. Mm-hmm. Is the is the enchilada thing? Oh yeah, I think I've seen this before too. Damn enchiladas! <laughs> but uh, so Miguel's been in many, many films as many interestingly named characters. I'm gonna go over a couple of them with. Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, so he was in Return of the Living Dead, one of my favorite schlocky horror films. Uh, as Spider. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the guy who played uh, Vic was in Return of the Living Dead as well. Uh, he played Suicide, so they both were in this movie, and they both were in Return of the Living Dead. A better movie than this. Fuck yeah, dude. That that great. Um, so he was, uh, he played a character named Styx in a classic, classic horror film, Leprechaun 4 in space. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> uh he was in the Street Fighter movie as DJ. Um he was in the Scooby Doo live action movie as a character named the Voodoo Maestro. <laughs> he was in Juana Man. He as, you know, Juana Man. He was Juana Man. Uh and last but certainly not least he was in Black Dynamite in in the scene with the uh, congregation of uh, pimps oh. discussing stuff. <laughs> the, the, the iconic scene. It's the scene where the, not this guy, but that one guy says, but Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. It's that right. scene. And, and they're kind of just like going through everybody's names and everybody's names is a joke. So uh, Miguel's name in that movie is Mo Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that movie so much yeah it's it's fantastic um one one of the best uh parodies of an entire genre that i've ever seen it's right up there with something like blazing saddles for me i think but uh you know it's like I like this character, but we're only getting introduced to him so that he can get murdered. Right. right. <laughs> and by the way, his girlfriend's there too. Uh, this is uh, Jer Fields as Anita. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I, it's confusing what the setup is here. Does he just live in his van? I guess he just lives in his van. He lives in his van at a trailer park. Yeah. Okay. And he makes enchiladas in his van. Right. And he makes pizza in his van too. Or he just ordered pizza, probably. But um, so they're on the edge of this trailer park, which I guess is where Ethel lives. Tommy kind of wanders off and gets in a confrontation with Junior. Yep. He beats his ass because Junior is like fucking being an yeah. asshole. It's grabbing him and him. shit and again, instigating him. So yeah, he gets yeah. his ass beat. I don't blame Tommy for beating that dude's ass. Uh, but anyway, meanwhile, they're just, you know, uh, I-, I like a lot of the lines in this. Like, uh, Demon introduces uh, Reggie to his girlfriend, and then Reggie's like, this is my girlfriend. Yeah. About <laughs> Pam. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> he's, like, All, he's like, all right, Pam. It's yeah. funny as shit. Um, yeah, he, he seems really chill. It's like, again, like this is like a likable character that they kill, which is kind of atypical for these so far. Um, I don't know what I would prefer. I don't know if I would prefer, like, a great little cheesy scene with a likable character and then they die or if 
for like unlikable idiots that die. I like unlikable idiots dying because it's more satisfying. I think it fits this franchise more if you do that. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, uh, they gotta go look for Tommy because he just kind of like runs into the fucking woods after he has like a psycho moment. Uh, so Pam and Reggie gotta go look for his ass. Yep, yeah, and then uh, so we, we we stick with Demon and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Demon, Demon gotta take a shit. Demon got the shit. Let's yeah. go take a shit. In, in a uh, fucking isolating little little portage on with a lot of graffiti written inside of it. Which, by the way, um, one of the names written on it is Faden, which is the last name of Vic, the guy who killed uh, Joey, chocolate eating Joey earlier. And uh, I, I don't know why his name is in here. They were probably because, just having fun with the graffiti when they were designing it. Well, maybe. I mean, because another theory I had is that, that that guy was the murderer of everybody else, too. Yeah. And, like, maybe he was, like, this fucking place. Fucking hate this place. Because that's how he was, like, before. Again, it would have made more sense if he was the murderer. But he got he arrested. Got a, I don't know. He escaped. And maybe the cop hit it because he doesn't want to admit that he let this dude escape. Like, he fucked up. You know, maybe. Right, but... I was like, maybe there's gotta be something. I was giving the movie too much credit and thinking it was gonna have a good reveal, and I don't know why I got my hopes up. <laughs> anyway, well, they're um, singing to each other, and uh, while he's taking a shit, yeah, which, is, which weird. is weird. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. Ooh. I don't know what they're singing. Bar they're just noise. singing ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Fucking yeah. So anyway, she stops singing, and he's like, "What's going on?" And he opens the door, and then for the multiple for the wait, the fourth time in this series, somebody no doesn't wipe. wipe their ass yeah. and gets. I up. think it's only the third time. Was there third was time. there a moment in four? You know, there Did anybody take yeah, a shit be, in four? You know, I think it's only the third time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, I mean I, this one I'll somewhat forgive because he's actually startled because he thinks something's wrong and something is wrong. Uh, yeah. His girlfriend's dead. And then he's like, oh, shit. And some kind of fucking spear or something starts getting jammed. Yeah. Repeatedly through this metal porta potty. And eventually he gets stabbed. Yeah. Eventually gets stabbed through the stomach. And he, man, I I love this character, but he sure milks his death scene. Yeah, <laughs> he overacts the fuck out of it. He's like, "I'm gonna eat every second of my screen time." You guys aren't taking. Hell yeah, dude! I'm all I'm for it. I like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> like it took him that long to die. It wasn't instant at all. <laughs> yeah, but so we have a. Uh, Pam gets back. Yeah, to, to, the, but, uh, to the house. Matt, the head is missing because he went to go look for uh, the fucking kids. Tina and Eddie, yeah. Never, never came back. Uh, so I think Pam says she's going to go look for them and just everybody just chill out at the house. Uh, so who do we all got here? We got Reggie. Um, I, I guess they don't know where Reggie's grandpa is. We haven't like yeah. brought up at all, but like he's just kind of like a throwaway character. He's the reason Reggie's there. Reggie's not like an insane person, he's just like a little kid. But it's because his grandpa works there, the yeah. cook. He seems like a nice fellow, but uh, yeah. not for long. And, and uh, so 
a lot of kids here uh, that are about to be victims. Yep. Tiffany Helm is Violet, who is the headphones one that likes to break dance. Juliet Cummins as Robin. Uh, and Jerry Pavlon as Jake, who stutters. Um, the scene between the two of them that's about to happen, by the way, was uh, a deleted scene from part four. Like, oh. literally. Just reduce, reuse, recycle, man. The, the scene where, like, she he's stuttering and she, like, makes fun of him when he makes pass. With- oh, yeah, 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 okay. So I assume this was going to be, like, between, like, some of the dumb kids. Like, maybe, like, fucking what's-his-name who kept uh, kept saying dead fuck. Right. And, like, one of the twins. Uh, you know, just going, like, I want to make love to you. And then she just, like, face. Oops. Funny. Right. <laughs> and, uh... Oh, the movie they're watching, by the way, is a 1951 film called A Place in the Sun. And, uh, guess what? It revolves around one of the characters drowning in a lake. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's a reference to the to, to, to thing. The Jason drown. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's clever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, God, it was so ham-fisted. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to make a pass on this girl, and she kind of just, like, is, is not really paying attention. She's watching the movie, all right? Yeah, and then she goes to lay down, and he's he's... Upsetty. I think he goes upstairs to talk to the other girl, kind of like to maybe hit on her now, but she's not having any of it. She's dancing to some fucking 80s cheesy music and having a good time. <sighs> Love the set design on her room, by the way. Oh, <laughs> shit everywhere. Um, lots of posters and music and shit. Um, again, characters that, like, you know, aren't perfect individuals, but don't seem fucking rotten to the core or annoying necessarily um but anyway he goes in this, we get a scene we get yeah the funniest scene in this entire movie mm-hmm. junior coming home this is the funniest scene in the movie you're right i had to think because it's a lot of candidates uh the chocolate scene is really funny uh greasers are really funny this is the funniest um scene in this movie. i i i think you're right so he he is yelling at his mom that about Tommy beating his ass and uh, he is screaming his head off. This is the part that I said was like a Tim and Eric sketch because like really it feels like it. It, it zooms like in way too close to his face multiple times while he's screaming. It's super funny and awkward and weird. Um, he's just screaming his head off and like nonstop. It's for way too long. It's so much. And meanwhile, Edith's inside literally chucking stuff as hard as she can into this stew. Like, yeah. Making your fucking stew! <laughs> <laughs> what, what lovable characters. Fucking great. And then while now he's this riding this is what around, I'm talking about. These are Friday the 13th victims right here. Right. These unlikable fucking idiots. So while he's riding around screaming, a, uh, a butcher's knife comes up from behind a tree and lobs this dude's head off. I fucking died, dude. I wanted to clap. It was great. I was like, that's art. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh, man. And then, and then she, Ethel dies not long after that. Yep. He, uh, 
And then he he hits her with the butcher's knife through the window, and her face falls into the stew. Mm-hmm. And now she is one with her stew. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's why I said that they were completely unnecessary. Um, because it sets them up like it's gonna matter later. Right. Uh, like they're gonna cause trouble for these kids, and it never really comes to that. I, I guess the only role they had in the plot was to make it so that Tommy ran away while shit was going down, but surely there was a million other ways that, um, whatever. Yep, so, so now Robinson back room. at the house. Yeah, yeah. Robinson room, she gets naked, and, uh, just because <laughs> as she's getting ready for bed, and she goes uh, up and leaves. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily, like, gratuitous. No, it wasn't. I, I, I think it was chill, oddly enough, for one of these movies. Like, she's kind of just, like, getting ready for bed and like fuck it it's not like gratuitous sexual nudity the only, like we're only showing the titty to show the titty the only part of this is that is egregious is that she when she puts on her cover she doesn't cover the titty because <laughs> that, that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> clearly clearly a porn director thing anybody who uh regularly sleeps with women and knows that they, uh, cover, titty. they cover the titty that shit gets cold yeah. nippy get really cold cover that shit yeah, yeah. you don't want cold nips man i don't why would they? Right. <laughs> and then, uh, so then Jason I do does like, the... I do like this reveal, though. I thought, yeah. not Jason, sorry. Our murderer is here in the bottom bunk. She climbs the Jason, top bunk. Jason, quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she, and he does the, uh, the only thing that's worse than, than cold nip, which is, uh, stabs her through the chest underneath the bunk. Bacon style. It's like been in every single movie. Yeah, Kevin they call Bacon back kill. to that. Yeah, they call back to that kill. Mm. Almost every movie in this fucking series. I mean, it was a good kill. Don't get me wrong, but do you have to do it in every single one? It's, it's a little played out by this point. You think? Maybe the whole franchise. What? <laughs> uh, we're not even halfway through, Justin. Oh, man. This is great. <laughs> it's stale already. <laughs> Now we got we got we got to kill the other girl in this house. You know it's time. She's in a room. Her music way too loud, and she's dancing. She doesn't. She's, she's doesn't having a good her. time. Yep. She, yeah. She's dancing. Doesn't hear a killer coming to the door. Yeah. And the music here is like way too appropriate for the scene. Lyrics wise, I don't know if you had subtitles on. I did. It was something like. There's a mysterious man over there. There's a man with no life in his eyes. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and it's like really fucking two, two on the nose. Mm-hmm. I like the song, though. Yeah. Right? Yep, and he like choke slams her up against the wall and stabs her through the stomach. And now, yeah. now, now these three now, are dead. Now, so, I don't know why they cut away to him stabbing a pillow in the middle of that scene. That was weird. Um... I'm making a joke. He's clearly stabbing a pillow in that scene. It's really it's bad. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be her body. Joke. Once again, another indicator that <laughs> the, they did not have as good special effects artists in this movie. Tom Savini, this is not right. You can really tell. Um, I, this wasn't even as good as the fucking dummy head with the iPod shit for part three. And then that wasn't good either. Just no. say. <laughs> It's painfully obvious. So I think uh, we're about to be at the point where we're in the final little, uh, you know, it, it's, leg it's, of this movie. It's about final chase time. So 
Yeah. Oh, Reggie goes up to see what the fuck's going yeah, on. Yeah, Reggie gets up. He's like, oh, where are everybody at? He and he Tommy's sees back. a pile of dead bodies. Yep, he opens up Tommy's door, and there is a pile of bodies there. I guess this is a thing that's supposed to be like, oh, is it Tommy? <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's a possibility. I just like I guess the games ruin that for me because he's clearly set up to be the big lead force to fight Jason in the game. So like maybe back then people didn't know necessarily. So they would have actually thought Tommy might be the new killer. Right. I mean I mean they suggested as much with the ending of four, the close up Corey Feldman's fucking dumb face. And you know, him going like da 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 endlessly stabbing jason like maybe a little too gleefully so yeah maybe i mean they were definitely leaning into that yeah for sure and so they so pam comes back and she also sees the bodies and now they start running he's there Mm -hmm. and the chase we get to see him we get to see him um i like his outfit i like that it's a little different i like that it's the standard kind of coveralls kind of like got like a michael myers kind of look where it's just like really basic and I like the hockey mask a lot. With the blue stripes I instead of like the red? The blue, I like the blue chevrons instead of the red chevrons. I, this is the only time we see a mask that looks any really different in this series, because usually they try to make it look like that initial mask that fucking Shelly owned in part three that Jason took. Um, it gets deteriorated and has some wear and tear and maybe some decolorization throughout the films. But really, it's supposed to look like that initial one. And uh, this mask is a little different, and I kind of dig it, because it's still a good look. Yeah. Um, and... It did, like... We going? We going for the chase scene? Yep, so he chases them. So he eventually chases them into a barn. Of course. And then, uh... Yeah, Reggie hidden up top, and then our, our killer walks in. Oh, there's a couple other things that happened before that, Justin. Oh, I forgot. There's a lot of false starts and starts here. Um, uh, fucking, she's fallen over a lot, and Reggie kind of ran away. And he's about to get her, and then Reggie, out of fucking nowhere, is driving a fucking bulldozer and hits him with it. Yeah. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> it's so goofy looking. I loved it. <laughs> I think this actual final segment is probably the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. In an unironic sense, like it actually does work really well because, you know, they're not particularly written well or anything, but I did care about the three characters who he's he's, he's trying to kill here. So it is actually tense. It actually succeeds at being a horror movie in this instance. It's brief and it doesn't fit well with the rest of the movie being the, you know, tonal mess that it is. Yeah. I but also, I did like this part until the reveal of who Jason is, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah, I uh I also really enjoy uh I also really enjoy it when uh their people are fighting back against Jason. It's fun. The back and forth. Yeah. And there's a lot of that in this um she she gets the chainsaw and is attacking him with it and uh, Tommy gets a couple hits in because Tommy shows up. Sorry, I guess I got ahead of myself. Yeah. Sp- spoiler alert, Tommy shows up. And th- this moment is great because um, <laughs> it's it's like the moment in FF7 Remake where Sephiroth shows up and until this moment, he has been a vision in Cloud's head 
but then the other characters react to Sephiroth, and Cloud is like, oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, wait, this is real? You guys see that shit too? Holy fuck. Same energy yep. <laughs> for this scene because Tommy's been seeing Jason in his head the whole fucking movie, and now he sees Jason. He's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh no. Uh, and he doesn't handle this moment well because Jason gets a hit on, on him real easy. Slices his slices him across the chest really well. Mm-hmm. By the way, noticeably, Jason is bleeding uh, gra- like very badly injured. Yeah, because Pam um, hits him with a fucking chainsaw, by the way. Right. Well, I mean, before that, he's also bleeding pretty bad from the bulldozer that, like, I think it shanks him in the side. Um, but he's still, you know, trucking along and being all right. Which makes no sense in a bit. <laughs> but, um, if it was like Jason, who's like big. If it was like Jason, who is invincible, yes, it would make sense. But... Then we get a. <laughs> so he attacks Tommy. And then we get. <laughs> so. The timeline of events. I guess this must be the timeline of events here. Sure, okay. there's, a, there's a little there's a little snippet earlier in the movie where Tommy has a has pocket knife, right? Yeah, they set that up and pay it off. Yeah. Well, he hides it underneath his bed. You're right. Yeah. And there is no indication. You don't get the reminder. See, that's the problem. That set up and payoff system. There's supposed to be a reminder in between. And that never happens in this movie. Oh, yeah. Well, this isn't like a movie. Where, like, things are written. Uh, <laughs> I would just assume that he takes it with him all the time because he's paranoid. Like, maybe he would have, like, stabbed a motherfucker if he wasn't stopped in some of his earlier freakouts in the movie. <sighs> but yeah, you're right. Like, maybe when he's, like, beating up that dude in the middle of breakfast, he would have pulled out a knife. Uh, that would have been. And then he stopped. That would have been more of an indication that he has the knife on him. Right. That would have made more a little more sense towards the end. You're right. You're right. They, they, you need to have more setup to have the pain. Right. Jason goes to hit him, and he stabs Jason. Yeah, and Jason's like, owie. He's and, heavily. Yeah, that's like one of the key items you can use to defend yourself when Jason grabs you. Uh, another... Easter egg the game has that I'm going to bring up here is um so Jason's uh in quotation marks I'm going to keep saying that it's funny uh, outfit here okay. what color is it no it's it's either blue or green yeah Right. Okay. Well, this is the problem. Uh, there's a big debate. Well, I don't know about big. There's a debate <laughs> between fans. So in some shots, the costume appears blue. In other shots, it appears green. So is it a blue costume that looks green in some shots because of lighting? Or is it a green costume that looks blue in some shots because of lighting? I can see the blue. There are some shots where it looks green. Um, I guess it, it probably all depends on the quality of video as well. You're watching it in because, like, granted, this probably debate started when it was on VHS. Uh, so, what's the answer? 
Well, let's turn to Friday the 13th, the game. What is the outfit that... Oh, they let you choose both. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they knew. He's one of the... Yeah, it's pretty great. I love the attention to detail. They, they let you choose between blue and, and green. Blue is the default, though. Um, which is what I noticed more when I watched it. It looked yeah, like the costume Can from they... the game. I like playing as that Jason a lot. He's a good, well-rounded one, so... I do notice it when I'm playing. Like, I noticed it, like, when he showed up. They're like, oh, it looks like the game. It looks so great. They had a lot of attention to detail with how the costumes look in that game. Yeah. And uh, we're about to get to the near the end here. Yeah, we're about so to actually kill Jason. Whoa. They all get upstairs. Mm-hmm. Jason. Your boy follows them. Follows them up. Yeah. And uh, Tommy just kind of passes out. <laughs> He's like, haha, he dead, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees the kid. And some- He's going to get him, and I think this is when she pops out with something. Yeah, Pam pops That's right. Yeah. Kind of fights back. And he's going to start going for Reggie again. The Reggie cl- and while they're fighting, it's kind of close. Yeah. Jumps up. Yes. I can knock him off, but up, oh, fake out. Arm up and grabs the kid. <laughs> yep. Reggie's trying to drag Reggie off. I like the fake out. It's a good fake out. It is. It's a good. Yeah. They have and like, then Pam and, Pam and our killer here have a little tug of war. Yes. Tommy gets up. Happening in the next one. And he's like, oh, and he cuts off the motherfucker's hand. And he falls to his death and lands on a bunch of spikes. And in doing so, the mask falls off. Who is the identity of our mysterious murderer, Justin? What's his name? Do you know his name? (laughs) That's my point. (laughs) So, earlier in the movie, there was a paramedic who showed up when Joey was murdered. Chocolate loving Joey. (laughs) And uh, he looked very forlorn at the body. And that's because that was his son, actually. Oh, no, he never told anybody because the kid was abandoned by his fucking parents and lived at this fucking place. But apparently this guy cares about his son now. And so in order to get revenge uh, against the person who killed his son, he doesn't get revenge against the person who killed his son at all. And just kills a bunch of innocent people instead. I don't know why I'm doing this voice. It's my it's my hurt voice. <laughs> I'm hurt by this twist. <laughs> I guess we could finally talk about the actor playing this character now, which I've avoided doing because I wanted to wait until the the wet fart of a reveal that we get here. This is Dick Wyand as Roy Burns. Paramedic turned serial killer slash Jason cosplayer. Um, 
So he would only play Roy. He was out of costume as Jason. Um, so we only actually see this actor in like the final moments of the movie and the couple moments where he's the paramedic. Right. All the other moments, Roy Burns when with the mask and the Jason Voorhees flashbacks are played by Tom Morga. Uh, Tom Morga, except in the opening scene, Jason's played by a, a different stuntman, John Hawk there, the Corey Feldman scene. So Morga has actually quite the horror resume and get in Jub resume, actually, because we've watched all of these movies. Uh, he's playing Jason here. He played Leatherface in a few stunts in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And he played Michael Myers in the first half of Halloween 4 before he was eventually replaced by George P. Wilbur. Uh, so, yeah, this guy's been all over the place playing horror icons. Um, so he's primarily the person you're seeing on screen as masked uh, Roy Burns. Uh, but anyway, back to talking about the actual man, Dick Weeand, or how I don't know how to say this man's name. It's Dick W I E A N D. Weeand, sure. Weeand. So uh, Weeand disliked. Uh, he liked, he disliked the film. Um, he stated, "Quote: It wasn't until I saw Part Five that I realized what a piece, what a piece of trash it was." I mean, I know the series' reputation, but you're always hoping that yours is going to come out better. Uh, he also dislikes the attention the film sent his way, saying, quote, I'm not ashamed of having played Jason, but I wish people would stop making such a big deal out of it. I really do wish that people would forget I did that picture. Damn. <laughs> uh, um, despite this, uh, he's still kind of like a regular cons when he can. Uh, and they used his likeness for Friday the 13th, the game. Uh, if you knock off that part five, Jason mask, you can see this man's face. They they were accurate to the detail. <laughs> so here we are we're at the end of the movie, just to clarify the twist, because I didn't I didn't recognize who, who Jason was. I was like, wait, who really not when they, when they show they his like, face like it's Bob but like who? <laughs> Roy, but yeah, Roy, yeah, whatever. Um, See, look, and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> they they needed an extra scene, and I feel like they added this in post because, like, I I, I do have an inkling, and there was a couple people who said they knew the ending was shit. They knew the reveal was shit, and and they kind of just added. I think they added, if I had to guess, this little moment with the cop explaining everything to us. Um, th- there probably had to be that. It, to some degree, because his motivation for getting revenge for the killing of his son, who he didn't know was his son until just now, needs to be explained. But his actual identity as the ambulance driver from earlier also needed to be explained a bit. So I, I bet they added dialogue to this scene to further explain it. I'm sure where the cop where the cop is explaining this to Pam uh, at the hospital, who is there with Tommy. And uh, Tommy has a bit of a nightmare, and he sees Jason again, and he's like, whoa, dude, oh no, and then he wakes up, and he's like, hey, everything's fine, except it's not, uh, <laughs> and this is where we get our uh, horror stinger. Yeah, this is terrible. So uh, mm-hmm. he gets up, and like, he has this vision of Jason, Yeah, freaks him out, 
gets up, rips <laughs> off his IV, opens up a drawer, and then all the the Blue Friday mask is just like sitting in there. Why is it there? Did he take it with him? This isn't real. That's and uh, sure. And then he, he puts the mask on, and then Pam walks into the room and closes yeah. the door, and then behind her is him standing there with a knife somehow. Got a knife in a hospital. Dun, dun, dun. And then the movie ends. And then it ends. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible stinger. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Makes no fucking sense. So yeah, obviously they wanted to set up Tommy as the next killer in the franchise, which I don't really get how that makes sense. I, I, all they really did was show him be violent to Jason initially, which makes sense. It makes sense that you'd be like, die, you motherfucker, when that dude killed your fucking mom and was trying to kill you and your sister. Right. Uh, I, I never really bought him being crazy, but this movie actually kind of goes out of its way to present him as clearly unstable, and it kind of works for a lot of it until this. Uh, this part sucks. <laughs> like, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that he would just, after stopping a Jason for the second time in his life, would snap and become a Jason. I don't really like it. Uh, I will note, there's a kind of a cool thing. Uh, usually when you hear the, like, the chant in the score, the iconic, you know, key, key, key. Mom. Right. Uh, it's usually key, 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 mama, ma. This is the only time I think in the entire series where they do that and it sounds different. Yeah. And this is because they designed it to be Kiki Ki, ta ta ta, which is supposed to indicate like kill Tommy, like like a command. Yeah. Uh, which I, I guess I get, you know, because like the original was based on killer mommy. Uh, so now it's like kill them, Tommy, I guess is the implication. Uh, but I don't think that works. <laughs> no, don't. nah. So this last like uh, the entire last like scene doesn't work. Yeah. Well, a lot of this movie doesn't work. I, I really gotta say. Yeah, but at least um, it's like, funny. Whereas, like, I think a lot of it's funny and a lot of it's enjoyable. Still, like, I didn't hate watching it, but there is a lot of dumb shit. Um, apparently it was a, it was a bit of a troubled shoot because uh, you know, as, as alleged by John Shepard, Melanie Kinneman, Dick Weyand, and Tom Morga, uh, they all said director Danny Steinman uh, spent most of the shoot uh, binging on cocaine. Maybe that's why there's some cokeheads in the movie itself. Huh. Uh, and he veered between being verbally abusive to most of the cast and so high off his ass that the cinematographer had to direct some of the scenes so he didn't even direct the whole oh fucking movie um so i i mean this one's a mess <laughs> there's no real way of getting around it this one is a mess but it was a success but not one on the level anticipated by producers after the massive success of part three and part four uh, still, against its $2.2 million budget, the film made $22 million, which I would say is pretty solid. These films usually get to skate by on a very small budget and make a lot of money. 
Now, as usual, critics hated it with a very low 16% Rotten Tomatoes rating. But more damning than that was the fan response. Now, much like when, you know, Halloween tried to make a film without Michael Myers, uh, horror fans did not enjoy a Friday the 13th film without Jason Voorhees. So fans were disappointed, and Paramount shifted their focus part six. Originally, Tommy Jarvis was set to be the killer in the sixth film, and possibly beyond that. They had big plans, man. Uh, but not for long. Yeah, quickly. <laughs> the, the ending stinger here of part five is retconned in part six, and uh, part six is put into production, and it's going to bring back Jason. Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives is uh, what we're going to watch next week. And uh, boy, oh boy, I'm excited because that's supposed to be one of the best ones. Um, this wasn't one no. of the best ones. No, not at all. I, I don't know, man. But as far as ranking these, I think I still like it more than one. I think one just feels a little too dull in still, comparison to some of these movies. I still enjoy the... Uh... Not only do I probably appreciate one a little better than I appreciate this one. I mean, I, I guess one has like, like the, the the like it started it, and I like some of it for sure. I just feel like this one is more enjoyable and has stuff that I would rather watch, like funny cheesy scenes in it. And I genuinely liked the ending until the actual like reveal of right. who Jason is. Um, that part's really fucking good. I could bend on putting and it right I, above one and no higher. I definitely wouldn't argue any higher because then it would be higher than four. And no, I disagree. Uh, like, like honestly, like I think this means our list is three, two, four, five, one. Yeah. Okay. And like, I mean, even at your high end, like three. What would you give three out of ten? You know, six, seven. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that's the top ranked one. So, like, what's this one? Like a fucking six or a five, yeah. like I guess. Um, and and that's oh, like probably what I would give one. Me, <sighs> Every single movie in this franchise is a six. Yeah, when we when we rank all of them in a tier list, uh, like all of our movies, dump the whole uh, franchise like, in the C tier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like maybe more some of them I'll feel are like cheesy and fun enough to like warrant being higher. I'm telling you, dude, you're gonna uh, put Jason X pretty fucking high. I kind of want to. <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking forward to this franchise getting a little more self aware than and being fun. Uh, there's some of that certainly in parts three and four, but and then there's even some in this but as far as like actually like the entire movie i want more of a farce i really do a lot of the um, that starts up next week heard. this is what what i have heard as well and i'm excited to see it i'm more excited for next week than i was to watch this one yep, i'll tell absolutely. you that absolutely i'm ready for it jason lives yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, the canon explanation for why this movie ends the way it does, it's not what happens in part six, is actually canonically explored in the video game in one of the tapes. Tommy describes a nightmare he has at the hospital that has a nightmare inside the nightmare. And it's this. 
so this is just a dream at the end of this movie where he puts on the mask. And I think the dialogue in that game, like I haven't listened to all the tapes yet because the tapes are fucking hard as shit to find in the game. Um, so I'm probably just going to listen to all of them on YouTube and get the lore dumb. Uh, but I guess it kind of like goes into like the psyche of Tommy and how he feels like that he has to put a stop to Jason and all this shit. And like, maybe even he felt like becoming a Jason. Like, I hope that he explain it. Well, um, by the way, speaking of the lore, I think starting next week, I'll have a little additional segment before we talk about the movie. And this is something I haven't done in a while. Probably since we did alien predator, I'm going to read some comic books. Oh, okay. About our lad Jason Voorhees here, and there's not a lot of quality at all from what I've been looking through. A lot of it is garbage. Could you believe that something with Friday the 13th on it what? would be garbage? No fucking um, way, I've, bro. <laughs> but I will recommend some and talk about some. Uh, there's a couple unique ones there. Obviously, we got some Freddy versus Jason shit. And also Ash Williams from the Evil Dead franchise gets mixed up in that. I will definitely be reading that. But we also got a Jason versus Leatherface comic that I'm going to read because we might as well. We watched all of both of those franchises, or right. we're going to. So I'm intimately familiar. <laughs> I'll definitely read that. And also like some one shots. Fucking Jason Aaron wrote a Friday the 13th comic. And I'm going to read the hell out of that because I like Jason Aaron actually right. as a writer. Um, okay. I, I don't know. Most of the stuff I've read from him is good. He wrote a hell of a Thor run. Uh, I don't know how he'll write <laughs> Jason for ease, <laughs> but um, I, it, you, I wouldn't expect a writer I like to be associated with this shit. So I'm curious. And maybe there's some stories that are better than some of the movies. I, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, but I would also not be surprised if a lot of them are garbage. So I'll start recounting those next week. Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I do this not because I want to, but because I am compelled. <laughs> I just need to know. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it. We'll get the fuck yeah, out of here. I'm going to go eat a bread roll. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Let's go hang out with Vinny. Let's go hang out with Vinny and Vinny. I'm actually going to eat a bread roll. I do not need to eat a bread roll. I'm going to go eat something. <laughs> I think I, I got a, go I got a, out. I got a leftover. I got a, I got a leftover. Leftover burger. I'm going to go hang out with Vinny and Vinny. We're going to eat some pizza pie, man. Uh, hey, we're going to go hang out with Vinny and Vinny. We're going to get some. We're going to get some. Uh, some calzone. We're going to go get. We're going to go get a fucking cannoli. Let's get some gabagool. Let's gabagool up. <laughs>